Good morning, everybody. Uh, for anybody who's brand new with us, my name's Aaron Stern. I'm the lead pastor, and uh, so good to see you and gather together on this beautiful Labor Day weekend. And uh, as we get started, I want to first of all also welcome everybody joining us online. We're so happy that you're with us and uh, look forward to you being with us in person, hopefully sometime soon. Uh, we're in a series and have been for the last several weeks called Practice Scripture. During this series, we started each message uh, with three different uh, uh, Scripture readings. And so uh, we're going to start that way today as well. Good morning. My name is Dean Hines, and I'll be reading from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Hi, good morning. My name is Betsy Bain. Um, I will be reading from the New Testament from Romans 15, 4 through 6. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, my name is Abby Mabin. If you're able, would you please stand for the reading of the gospel? The reading this morning is from Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came and the, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You may be seated. That last passage, the gospel reading, is from the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, after having given his kingdom manifesto, is saying, after you've just heard all these things, you can be one of two types of disciples, a wise disciple or a foolish disciple. A wise one is who hears them and does something with them. They actually practice them. It looks like something in your life where you can be foolish and that not be the case. Our goal as followers of Jesus and our goal as Mill City Church is to be people who put the words of Jesus into practice. So that's been our word for the year, and as a result, we've done several different practice series. We had practice community uh, because we don't practice alone. Uh, we practice in community. We walk and follow Jesus in community. Uh, we had practice generosity 
because we want to not just be internally focused in our formation and in our practice, but actually for others. And we want to be like Jesus in the sense of giving our lives away. And then uh, this series has been on practice scripture because scripture is, has always been central to the life of the church and uh, gives direction for our formation. We understand who Jesus is, who God is, what it looks like to follow him and be like him. And so uh, in each of these series, um, we've done a couple of things. One, we've posted additional information on our website. So uh, you can go to millcitychurch.org. There's a tab at the top called blog, and you can go there, and we have a blog that says practice scripture. And uh, there's, there's additional resources, books, if you want to check out some additional books on uh, scripture, uh, there are how to read the scripture Uh, There's videos like the Bible Project videos. If you're unfamiliar with them, I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, There's a a link to the Lectio 365 app uh, for doing uh, Lectio Divina. We talked about that last week. Uh, There's also a podcast that I recorded with uh, Glenn Packian, one of our overseers. We talked about Scripture. So there's just different ways to continue to engage. The goal is that these series aren't something that we do for a month or do for several weeks, but that we do and integrate into our lives so that uh, we look more like Jesus, becoming what He was like and doing what He did. Uh, the other thing that we've done in this series is we've ended each series with a conversation. And we're going to do that here today. And this conversation, in some ways, is to hear that, uh, hear from more than just me, and or or uh, kind of in a preaching format. Uh, some, you know, it might be easy. I don't know. It might be easy for you to think, well, he's paid to read the Bible, you know. Um, and but and so I want you to hear from people who aren't paid to read the Bible. Um, and by the way, I read the Bible, though, even though I wasn't paid. So anyway, um, just to. <laughs> help you. And so um, I, I have a couple of uh, people I'm excited for you all to hear from this morning, uh, Hillary and Abby, uh, both been a part of Mill City for uh, quite a while now, but have some different types of stories in terms of the ways that they've uh, engaged the scripture um, and, ha- and, 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 and so different journeys in that way. I hope that you hear as they talk a bit of uh, your own story, maybe where you might find yourself. So uh, let's jump in and uh, we'll start with some introductions, of course. So Hillary, why don't you just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, family, etc. Um, I'm Hillary Salvagioni and my husband Chris and I have been here since 2012. We have four kids. Um, for the last three years I was homeschooling them um, and they're in school this year. So uh, great. Uh, I'm everyone. Okay. I'm Abby Bain. Uh, I've been here since 2012. And my husband and I, Denny, have five daughters, four in high school, and then a 10-year-old. I am pursuing right now a second degree in nursing, so I will graduate in December, and I'm really excited. (laughs) So both of you have lots of extra time. (laughs) To read the scriptures. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so Hillary, we'll start with you. And by the way, these are... <laughs> uh, I don't know why that was so funny, but... Um... Uh, all right, so Hillary, uh, both of you grew up in church or around faith, um, and, 
And, but, but Hillary, you talk, tell us a little bit about like how you grew up and then what happened at the beginning of this year. Um, I grew up going to church, and I knew all the Bible stories. I was a believer. Um, but when my husband and I got married and were on our own, that's when I really started seeking out my own faith, um, which looked different than what I had known before. Um, so we came to Mill City a few years after that. Um, at the beginning of this year, we did the 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I started reading the Bible in a year plan, and I committed to, I really like, hoped I would get through that. Because you had never done that before. No, I had read Bible stories. I'd probably read all of the Gospels. Like, I came to church all the time. I knew a lot of it, but I had never consecutively, like, read the whole Bible. Okay. Or, like, even some of the books at and, all. And, like, what, so what motivated you to do that? Um, I, I kind of started as a goal. I mean, it definitely was a goal in the beginning. Like, I'm going to do this thing. I want to be somebody who has read the Bible. Um, and then it kind of transitioned into wanting to know more. Um, and then I had always felt like Jesus was easy to understand and he felt loving and kind. And so when we would worship and all the songs that like talked to Jesus, I was like hands in the air. Um, but when it would talk about God, who I knew they were the same, but he felt very different to me. Um, God felt very conditional and like full of wrath. And I didn't love that. I didn't, I wanted to, but I was like, I don't, I don't get this. Um, so as I started reading, I really wanted that gap to, to close. So I prayed every day before I would read like, Please don't let this be words on a page. Like, let me understand this more. Let me have ears to hear this. And so you started in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And then how did it go and what happened? Um, I'm sort of an all-in kind of person. And so I started with my Bible in a year plan and very quickly just started, like, turning the pages. Um, and I finished in three months and wow. was like, whoa, I can't believe the I did thing. this. The, the whole, whole thing. thing. Yeah, the whole thing. It was awesome. So... So what happened? How did you, how and like what, obviously there had to be some sort of Yeah, I had started reading it just with my plan, like when I had a moment in the day. Um, and then I started going to a workout class really early. And when I would come home, it would be dark. And so the fire would be on. And I remembered you had said, you used to sit in the dark and like just be in the presence of God. And I always thought, that's nice for him. I wish I had that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, so I was like, let's try this. Um, so then I switched my reading to the morning. So it, there was no distraction. And I was up way earlier than everyone else. So I had a lot of time. Um, and so once I got to Moses, that was like a page turner. I was mm. like, I have to know what happens next. I can't believe I didn't know this all my life. So. So, um, and tell about like what else... You took some just other another distraction out of your life. Oh yeah, um, during the 21 days, I did no social media and all my apps because once you get rid of one app, you just kind of find another one to be in. Um, so I mm. replaced my biggest app was Instagram with my Bible app. Um, and so once I started reading, that's good. So the habit of going to that the spot. Yeah, you're convicted. You're not yeah. like, oh, this isn't what I meant. You're, you're in. <laughs> um, so you, so I did. Um, so anyway, so I started that, and once I got going, there was definitely a shift. Like I, it started as like a seeking and a goal, and then it was sort of like I wanted to know more. I had to keep going, and so I told people close to me that knew I was reading it, like I'm not going to go back to social media even after 21 days. I'm committed to like I want to finish the whole thing. I don't want distraction. Wow. Yeah. So the whole thing, three months. Three months, yeah. Just really kept going. Yeah. And then what happened after that in terms of like, did you, have you read the Bible since then? I, you know? I'm, I'm halfway, I'm halfway. Um, I finished and it was sort of like a, whoa, like now what? Um, 
And I was like desperate to not lose like the fire that I felt mm. in like what I had learned and how it had changed me. So I just kept started reading again. Um, so I had started with like New Testament and Old Testament together. And when I finished New, I finished Old and then I got to New again. So I just started there. Um, and the second time through, I'm reading it with like devotional studies, which are helping me understand things that I didn't, didn't get the first mm. time. So I'm halfway, halfway yeah. again. Awesome, <laughs> so, yeah. awesome. So, okay, so Abby... Uh, you, you have a little bit of a different story in the sense of like your ongoing immersion in scripture throughout your life. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, okay. So I was raised in the Awana era. So Awana, Salty, the Donut Any, anybody, anybody else? I was an Awana kid. Anybody, anybody else? All right. For somebody, somebody after the first gathering is like, what is Awana? Uh, so Awana is like Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, Christians. Christians. Yeah. Version. But it's like Ish. based off memor scripture memorization. Yeah, there's a lot of scripture memorization. So there's a lot, and you get badges based off of different memorizing different things. So that's kind of the inception of just this, I can memorize scripture. This is cool. But I was actually raised in the church. My parents who go here, Mark and Jill Bell, uh, were believers. And so I grew up Assembly of God, and scripture was a part of our everyday life. It was embedded through everything we did. We had family devotionals. Um, every morning I would wake up and I would see my mom reading her Bible like at 5 a.m. And that was just, that was her pattern every morning was to be in scripture. And then as I was saying at the other gathering, my dad, his first language, if you know him, is scripture. It's not English, it's scripture. <laughs> so he talks about everything through the lens of scripture. That's how his mind works and that's how he explains things. So scripture has been a part of my life since I was little. And, and you and I have talked just a little bit about this, but you also just like had a natural, somewhat of a natural inclination towards scripture. Would you say that's true? Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. And I mean, I'm the youngest of three, so I have siblings who uh, relate or they like scripture. But I like really love scripture. And I think that's just my language with the Lord. That's how I, that's how I like meet Jesus the most quickly is through scripture. So as we've talked through this series, you know, it's really good to read through the Bible. I would encourage you, if you've never done it before, like, do that. Even if it's not in a year, read through the, from beginning to end. Um, but just achieving that goal in and of itself isn't the goal. <laughs> um, being around Scripture, hearing Scripture, all that kind of stuff is valuable. Um, but the ultimate goal, that is a means to an end, the ultimate goal is transformation, that it would impact us, that it would shape us. Um, that it would do an element of forming, that there would be rearrangement of the ways that we think or the ways that we live and do. So, uh, Hillary, how would you say that even just in this last year, reading Scripture has impacted you? Uh, mostly it's impacted me. It's closed the gap, I said. Like, it's closed the gap of, like, God being scary and Jesus being loving. Um, just the more I read, I just kept praying, like, please close this gap and eventually... It did. I just still, like, don't know how to explain that very well. Um, but that has impacted me the most, is just knowing God's character and believing something totally different about him than when I started. Um, and then that has, like, gone over into every other area. So can you life. give an example of, like, how understanding God's character through the narrative of Scripture has impacted something particular in your life? I'm that he's loving. Like, I felt like if I messed up, it was like, oh, gosh, like... 
I'm sorry, like, and always feeling, like, ashamed for any time that I messed up. And now I don't have that same feeling, like, at all. Like, I can sing songs and I can pray and feel loved and liked by God. Um, and that changes so much. It changes how I pray. It changes just, just everything. Wow. So, yeah, talk about how it changed the way that you pray. Um, before it was very, like, I wanted to pray the right things, and I also was very self, like, selfish in my prayer. Like, it was always protect this person, and please let this happen, and thank you for this. Um, whereas now it feels more like a conversation and a letting God lead. So I still ask for things, specific things, but I also pray more things like, uh, fill me with the fruit of your spirit. Let me keep in step with your spirit. Um, search me and know me and correct offensive ways in me. So scripture is like, in my prayer now, mm. um, and that it's totally different. It's not just all about like, help me. It's what would you have for me? And please be in this because whatever you have is good. Mm. So you mentioned to me uh, worry, um, that it's impacted the way that you, <laughs> the way that you worry. Yeah. Uh, I still worry often. Um, I was telling them last service, this whole week leading up to today was just like, angst. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I want it to be heard how I mean it. Um, so I do still worry, but it changes how I worry. I lean, like the scripture that I do have memorized, like is in my head and it like, I, it, I pray those words. Um, and I just trust that God's got me and that everything's going to be okay. And even if it's not exactly how I want it to look, um, it's going to be okay. Um, and in terms of like, how has it impacted your family? Your, your kids, your relationship with Chris? Um, I love that because we homeschooled, when I did this, my kids were home. So every morning when they would wake up, I would like tell them about what I read that night and they would ask questions. And so it opened up a lot of really good conversation with them. Um, and so same with Chris. Chris would come out and I'd be like dropping my phone. Like, I can't believe this happened. Like, <laughs> um, so it was really cool. It just We talked about different things. Um, I was able to lean into things they asked or said or just things that were happening in our day. Um, they knew that I was reading scripture and that I was trying to let the spirit lead me. So when we had conversation or talked about stuff, it was like, it just felt different. Um, it was really cool. Like they went through it with me. I was reading it, but they went through it with me. And then in turn, like people that knew that I was doing that and I was talking with, then they would, they would start reading because they were like, I got to know what you're so excited about. Mm -hmm. so. And, and it changed your conversations. Yeah, yeah, I, um, like I said last time, I always end up talking about scripture or God in some way. Um, sometimes it's questions, sometimes it's, I don't really understand this, sometimes it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I like have no shame in talking about it because I also feel like I, I don't feel like I've like arrived, but I do feel like I'm like in the, like I'm in the group of people who are trying to know more. Um, so I don't feel like a, like a fraud when I talk about God or things in the Bible. And now when you approach scripture to read it um, at any time, um, what, what is that like? Like what's the, how's the approach changed? Um, I was going to say reading scripture has changed how I read scripture. Um, mm. When I came, it was because I wanted to know more. I wanted to know why is God so good? Everybody's saying God is so good. Um, and so I wanted to know more. And then as I was reading, it was changing me to like, I have to read because I know God mm -hmm. and I want to keep in, in that connection with him. And I want to keep knowing him more and live how he would want me to live. Beautiful. Beautiful. Abby, uh, same question. How would you say that your 
like walking through the scripture for so long um, has changed you? Yeah, I think it has formed and informed my entire life. So I think because I was given it at such a young age and it was embedded to into my life and it was a normal language in our household, it really shaped and formed who I am, the decisions I've made. Um, so for instance, like an example is, you know, James says, take care of orphans and widows in their distress. And so when my husband and I started nonprofit, to take care of orphans and widows in their distress. It was a no-brainer. It was like, hey, this is in Scripture. This is what we're supposed to do. So I think it has been kind of like the guidebook, like the path for which any time I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I just go back to Scripture. And, I mean, that makes it sound really easy, but it really has been the foundation for the decisions I've made in my life. I mean, I love that. It's, it does, like you just say, just said, sound so, like, well, of course. But you're like, but... I, and I've known you now, uh, you and Denny and your girls for uh, a decade, and and I, it, it is true. You are like, if this is what the Bible says, we should do this. And you know, you start, so you started a nonprofit and adopt three kids, like you do, right? So well done. Um, but it is a beautiful example of the. It's in here not just to know about; it's actually in here to do. Um. Last week, we talked a lot about how to, how to not just read the Bible informationally, but formationally, and one of the things that we need to do is get it inside of us. Memorization, meditation, uh, we talked about Lectio Divina as a, as a potential practice. Uh, I know you've been a, you're a memorizer and have been a memorizer. Uh, for anybody who's been around a long time since the beginning, I think it was, I can't remember if it was 2012 or 2013, we did a series on the book of James. And Abby quoted the entire book of James at the beginning of one of the messages. And uh, so you're a memorizer. You, you've been memorizing. So talk about maybe that process and what memorizing now, like over the years, like the point's not in and of itself memorizing, yeah. but there's something more to it. So talk more about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we can memorize things, but not do them. So I'm really trying to act out what James says <laughs> in my memorization. But because I was a part of Awana and grew up with scripture, it's just kind of always in my brain. And so it comes out at times when I really need it. For instance, um, when I was really, really sick in high school or in college, I remember coming home to my parents' house because I was just miserable and I'm laying in my bed and I opened my Bible and it was Psalm 13, I think, which was, how long, O Lord? Like, how long will you hide your face from me? Like, where are you? Where, why aren't you healing me? And so that was probably the first time where I felt like I could see myself in Scripture, truly. Like, those are the exact words I would have written but someone else already wrote them. So it was like the cry of my heart. Mm. Scripture has um, the Lord, when we were adopting our first child, um, it was just getting really muddy and difficult. And every voice was saying, this will never happen. Like, this isn't going to happen. You don't have the finances. Even the adoption agency was saying that. And I remember just waking up. The Lord, like, woke me up out of my sleep. And that doesn't happen often. And told me to go read Joshua. And I'm like, What? And Joshua, in the beginning, the Lord's basically like, just do what I say, but I'm already giving Jericho to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, you just, like, I'm already delivering. To me, I felt like he said, I'm delivering this baby to you. You just need to stay in it and do what I say. And so I love how the Lord has used scripture to 
realign me when the world's like, you know, loud and mm. dark. And then the, I would just say the last one more example is um, because my husband and I have done a lot of work in Haiti, there's some really dark places. Like I feel like the devil's like quietly dark sometimes in the U.S., but like overtly dark. I, I don't know how to explain it. A lot of voodoo, a lot of, so we're in Haiti and and we were there four weeks with our two little kids. And one night, there was just voodoo chants all around us. And I am telling you, I, like, saw a demon in our room. And I just flipped out and ran into the next room. And, you guys, I called my dad from Haiti. This was very expensive. But I was like, we got to get out of here. I can't do this. And he just opens Psalm 91 and just starts reading it and mm. reading it and reading it. And that just became, I have goosebumps because I was just like, oh, God's here. Like, he has us. He's protecting us. The arrows aren't getting us. So it has just directed everything in my life. Mm. It's beautiful. And you've shared with me, you know, you have some <clears throat> issues with migraines and things which cause, like, can't read, um, can't even listen to the Bible, you know, like the too much audio stimulation. So talk about like the ability to retrieve in a dark space. Totally. So I think the Holy Spirit, props to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit brings to our mind that which we know or have read or any words of Jesus. And so, yeah, if you've had a migraine, you're like, you can't have light, you can't have noise. It's like you're just in a dark cave. And so... Um, migraine or other dark caves I've been in that aren't necessarily that. The Lord has just brought scripture to my mind, but specific people in scripture. So Job, I mean, come on, that's like suffering. And Job never got an answer, but we got to see the like behind the scenes and God is good all the time. And then he brought to mind, John the Baptist is like my favorite character in scripture because he, you know, led the way for Jesus, <laughs> was imprisoned and then gets beheaded. And while he's in jail, he's like sending his disciples out to Jesus to check in on everything. And I take that as like, Jesus, come get me out of prison. That's how I, like, I'm miserable. Heal me. And Jesus didn't. He didn't free him from prison. He allowed him. But Joe, but John's restoration is going to be in heaven. Like sometimes we don't get that on earth. And so I find great solace in holding on to God is way bigger than I am. And he doesn't show up how I want him to show up. He's still good. So great. So um, talk about how you grew up in a home where uh, Mark and Jill Bell, if you don't know them, they're wonderful. Um, and, but hearing scripture, watching a mom who's reading scripture in the darkness of the morning. Um, and so you're a mom now uh, of five girls. And <laughs> packed bathrooms uh, in the morning. I can only imagine. Uh, and and so and so. Of course, you want your girls to like understand and grow in the scripture. Um, how how are you doing that? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I would start with my parents did a great job at not making our childhood legalistic. They never forced us to read the Bible. They never were like, go do this, or you have to do your devotional before you can do A, B, or C. So I think the freedom to pursue scripture and the way that it was modeled was really important for me loving it in the way I did. So I'm trying not to be legalistic, and yet I 
have felt it impressed upon my heart when my kids were little that I wanted to do daily devotions with them. And so just to back up, I love, obviously, scripture, and my husband loves prayer. So we kind of lead where we're gifted. And so I think at first it was hard for my husband to be like, I'm the head of the house, maybe, you know, whatever that means anyway, like maybe I should be doing it. But, I, but that's like my passion. So I, since, so my oldest is 18, but since they were in kindergarten, I started doing daily devotionals. So we would all get ready and then we'd sit down for breakfast and I would just lead them through the Jesus Storybook Bible, whatever version. Like we have gone through so many iterations and I just thought like, they don't really have to do much. They're just sitting and listening while they're eating, and then we pray. And I'm just hoping that this rhythm will carry them through. It's no guarantee, but I'm really hoping so. And then with Scripture also, um, my dad, Bubba, he took all 10 of our grandkids last year for a year and developed his own Scripture memorization with them. And it was called, It Pays to Know and Do God's Word. That's the name of it. And so every week, all 10 grandkids memorize scripture. And then every Sunday, they would call Bubba, and they would say the scripture to him. They'd explain what it means to them, and then they'd give him a prayer request. That is the biggest gift mm. as a busy parent, to have someone else come in and guide your kids through memorization and the importance of God's Word. So that's why I love, I love youth group. I love children's group, because other people are doing, you know, are emphasizing the importance of it. And it literally paid. Yeah, he actually paid them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like super broke. So. <laughs> but he was like, there's nothing I'd rather pay him for. Yeah. I mean, down the road, these verses will hopefully seep back out. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I love the, the, you know, Betsy, one of your daughters was the New Testament, yeah. read the New Testament reading for today. And so I love this like, generational yeah. impact and and also it communicates the value of having others that are reading scripture with you or encouraging and and part of the process right yeah. uh hillary talk a little bit about that um just even you text messages you mentioned a little bit about your sister and of course your kids but talk about the communal aspect of reading scripture um it's it's just great to process with other people um, and ask questions, and um, it it keeps you accountable, keeps you keeps you going. Um, repeat it again, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, just the like because there was some text messages going yeah. back and forth, and what was that like, just in terms of encouragement or um, accountability? Yeah, both. It was exciting. It it made it more exciting mm -hmm. than just reading it alone and wondering, um, but talking things out with people and what do you feel like this means and why do you think this happened and can you believe it? Um, it, was it was awesome and it changed our conversation. Like even my sister and I we used to sit and talk about whatever all the time and now it's like it always comes back to scripture because we're both seeking to know more and understand more and apply it more in our lives. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Um, so as we, as we come to a bit of a close here, um, I'd love for each of you, maybe to just share, uh, to anybody maybe sitting here, I'll start with you, Hillary, uh, sitting here maybe thinking like, I don't know if I can do that, or maybe have a desire to read through the Bible in a year, or, or read through the Bible completely. Uh, sometimes that in a year is the trip, right? We think, well, I blew it, I'm not going to do it in a year, and so we stop. Just yeah. read through the whole thing, you know? Um, 
I've gotten stuck in Leviticus so many times. I mean, can we just, can we just uh, talk about, you know, uh, open wounds? So, um, so, so what would you say to, to somebody maybe thinking about that or wrestling with how, how to do that? Um, I would say that you can, because I have, and I am not a super, like, disciplined person who, like, this whole reading in the morning thing was brand new, but I was just committed to doing it. Um, and so I read the whole thing on my app, and I recently bought a paper Bible, and when it came, I opened the box and was like, I can't read this. No way. This is huge. <laughs> um, and I couldn't believe that I had read it, so I feel like the, the reading plan helped me get started. Um, and then just praying for God to, like, keep me going. Like, tell me what I need to be hearing from this specific, whatever I'm reading that day, to keep me moving forward. Um, so you definitely, like, you can. Start somewhere. Start with the Gospels. Like, the Gospels are so good. Um, but the Old Testament was, like, felt, that was life-changing for me. Um, I had always hoped to have, like, a revelatory moment of, like, now I'm alive in Christ, as I had heard other people have. Um, but I grew up like believing, so I never thought that would happen for me. And in reading, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, in reading it this year, I've had that. Like, it's awesome. It's so cool to like go from like, I didn't have like a depths of despair moment. Like I lived a really happy life. Um, but to look back and see the little things that were dead and now are alive. And it's because I've read, like, that's the only thing that has changed. I still eat the same breakfast and I still do the same stuff. Like the only thing that changed was that I started reading scripture and, and it's like, it's just so obvious. Ask anybody who like knows me, like that has changed me. And so you can, and you should, it will change you. It's awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. Abby, uh, same question. Um, mine would be that the wrestling of scripture is part of it. So engage in the wrestling of it. I felt like when I grew up, it was very New Testament focus, which, yeah, awesome. Jesus, all the things. But it didn't make as much sense until, you know, the Old Testament. And the more I read the Old Testament, the more I'm like, oh, oh. I mean, I'm just like, this is so weird and strange and doesn't make sense. And I'm left more often with just the, with a wrestling, but a deeper conviction that God is good. So in the wrestling, I still am like, God, you are so good, and you hold all this together. Mm -hmm. uh, so beautiful. Well, can we give you a big, huge thank you to Abby and Hillary? So appreciate it. So beautiful. Uh, as we as we close not only uh, this series, but specifically today, uh, as always, we have a weekly practice. And so our weekly practice is to read, uh, starting in the book of Matthew, uh, we're going to read one chapter a day starting tomorrow. Uh, and so Monday, Matthew 1, Tuesday, Matthew 2, Wednesday, Matthew 3, and so on. But a little uh, addition to that. And, and that is that when you re after you read the first, each chapter, uh, and so maybe today, uh, find somebody else or a group of people and, uh, and do, do it together. And so, um, so maybe that's going to be a, hey, let's do this together, and text your reflections. If you can put the weekly practice, keep it up there. Uh, the, but text your reflections to an individual or a group, okay? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's your spouse, uh, maybe it's a roommate or your roommates. Uh, maybe it is 
um, uh, some friends, or maybe it's a, hey, let's, maybe from last, from your city group or wherever. So it could be one person, it could be 10 people, however you want to do it, but, but put your reflections in there. And your reflection might be, I was, com- I'm convicted by this. Uh, or maybe it's like, I don't understand this. What is, what is this about? Um, or I was really encouraged in this particular way. So whatever the reflections are, doesn't have to be long, doesn't have to be like a scholarly uh, breakdown of the Greek, uh, anything like that, but just a how am I engaging and how do I reflect and how am I compelled and what is the Spirit speaking to me as I read and engage in the Scripture? So that'll be this week, Matthew 1 through 6. My hope is that you don't stop at Matthew 6, you go to 7 and 8 and 9. And if you do one chapter a day, you will read through the Gospels in 90 days. And, and my hope is that you pick up a little bit of steam and you're able to keep going. And maybe like Hillary uh, said, maybe you'll all of a sudden I'll switch, will flip and you'll be like, I, one chapter is not enough. And honestly, it's not, uh, there's not like, oh, more chapters equals more godliness. You can sometimes just chew on a couple of verses and it can provide nourishment for days, weeks. So, so the speed is not the goal. Engagement is the goal. So that's the weekly practice. Uh, and we're going to end this particular gathering today by taking communion together. And so on your way in, you should have received a uh, communion cup. Um, I love ending this series by taking communion together because the entirety of Scripture is about a person. It's about meeting a person and it, because it is about Jesus and everything that he did in the story of God, in the story of the world, is the story of salvation. And Jesus is at the absolute center. His death, burial, and resurrection is what puts it all together, brings it all together, redeems it all, and gives us a hope and a future. And so we're going to take communion together. Keep your hand raised until you receive one if you have not got one. In the meantime, uh, the scripture says that we are to go to the communion table, take communion together um, by examining ourselves. In other words, to not go to it flippantly, but also to, but in, in many ways, to go to it humbly, to open our hearts and our lives. And for some of you, maybe Maybe this moment is a, a moment of reflection of, I'm not, I don't even know who Jesus is. And maybe you here today would say, I want to follow Jesus. The ways that these women talked about following Jesus, about Jesus meeting Jesus and impact of his, him on their lives, I want that. It isn't just about reading a book, it's about following a person. And so maybe in this moment you feel the invitation of the Holy Spirit to say yes to Jesus. Would you even in this moment just cross the line of faith and say, Jesus, I give you my life. Maybe it's a first time commitment or maybe it's a renewal of a commitment to Jesus. Whatever the case might be, you are welcomed home by the loving arms of God. And if that's you, I would encourage you to participate in communion with us. We practice here at Mill City Open Communion, which means that if you're a follower of Jesus, we encourage you to participate, even if just a moment ago you said yes. Because we believe that participating in communion is not about belonging to a particular church, but about belonging to the family of God. But before we go to communion, we want to examine ourselves. 
And so I'm going to give you just a few seconds, maybe about 20 seconds or so, to just open your hearts, posture of humility, ask God to search you and know you. We just confess any ways, that, and maybe it's in relationship to the Scripture. Maybe you've been aloof or thought, I've got it, or maybe you've had a self-righteous view of the Bible. Like, I read it a lot, I'm better than others. Whatever it might be, would you just open your hands and heart towards God? Maybe you've known it, but you haven't done it. Allow Him to do His work in your heart. We don't follow Jesus by ourselves. We follow Jesus with each other. And so it's important for us to be reminded that we're together. And one of the ways that we do that is doing things together, praying prayers together. And so we're going to pray a confessional prayer together as a way of being reminded that there's not one of us in this room that needs more grace than someone else or has less need of grace than someone else. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. And so let's say this confessional prayer together. It's going to come up here on the screen. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways for the glory of your name. Amen. If you would take your communion cup and you can peel off the top layer, it gives you access to the bread. Peel off the next layer, it gives you access to the juice. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the Apostle Paul, encouraging the Corinthian church on taking communion, says that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he's referencing what's about to happen the next day, and that he's going to go to the cross, and his body is going to be beaten. He's going to experience excruciating pain for you and for me, that we might have wholeness. Then he goes on and he says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the bread and the juice and I'll pray. Father, taking in a little piece of bread and a little bit of juice is a physical reminder of the reality of Jesus. And may the physical ingesting of bread and juice be a reminder for each one of us to ingest and put into the fabric of our being Jesus in His way. God, I pray that you'd help each one of us be radically devoted to the way of Jesus. That we would 
feast on the scriptures, not just as a, a book of knowledge, but as the bread of life, the words of God, to be retrieved in the darkness of the night or the dark night of the soul, to be reminded of the goodness of God, to be reminded of the grace of, that is poured out to us and expressed fully on the cross. That we would read and be, that, that for each one of us in the, this room, there would be a flip, a switch that gets flipped as a hunger, not just to read and achieve a goal, but to know the God of the universe and to know Jesus and his sacrificial love for every one of us. It's the Holy Spirit of God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you did. Would you bring the life of Jesus and the words of God to life in each one of us that we might become like him and do what he did. This we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And everyone said, amen.